a numbers game with your host, Gil Alexander. You want those idiots who believe in analytics? We just wanted to make sure you were uh, paying attention there. Hour number two of a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network, Visa.com, the Visa app, Fubo Sling Game Plus, and iHeartRadio. A little stutter start to the uh, to the music there. It's Gil Alexander. Jason Kahn is here as well, producer number seven. Uh, still to come this hour, Amal Shaw from The Nuts, which he co-hosts with Mike Palm, Amal on his Survivor thoughts. So as soon as the schedule came out, and a lot of us got really far in Survivor, Amal was one of them. Amal had it all mapped out perfectly. But Amal's thing was he said he took like 30 minutes on an airplane to map out his Survivor last year. Almost got him to the promised land. So we'll get his uh, his his uh, airplane napkin thoughts this year later on the show. Look forward to that. Adam Stankel will join us. Talk a little NBA with him as well. Uh, and Jason Weingarten momentarily on all things baseball. Uh, a couple things just happened off air, though, I have to say. One, have you seen this Jill Scott nationwide commercial? She is spectacular, the voice of an angel. And the other thing, uh, Jason Kahn, a producer, has, was wowed by these, uh, these UFOs, this uh, whole thing on 60 Minutes, and we got into this whole alien conversation, and somehow we got to uh, Buck Rogers in the 25th century. And uh, Aaron Gray, of course, comes up, and then we were talking about uh, Tiki, who Dr. Theopolis used to wear, and we were getting, <laughs> we were getting the whole thing where he used to go, beady, beady, beady. <laughs> that was his signal that he was about to say something, and it was always something very... Uh, complimentary of Aaron Gray, usually. Tweaky, I'm sorry. Tweaky, yes. Beady, beady, beady. It's a phenomenal show. What a pod. That kind of thing you would say. Anyway, these are the kinds of conversations we have off air. I did want to mention the thing about hockey. Um, and again, I'm not in any way disparaging hockey. It is, from a fan standpoint, what a fabulous postseason. So awesome, right? Three of the four games go to overtime. All I'm saying is, when you can crunch data in tennis, or you can bet according to what you know ought to be the manipulation of NBA games, I'm just suggesting that's a better bet than the random ricochet of a puck into a net that could happen on any side of the ice. That's all I'm saying. But if you have the, if you have the dogs, like it's the Todd Wishnev dog theory in, in the hockey playoffs, right? Different story. By the way, the reason that we, we bet the Wild, Pacioretty was out, so it was like Wild plus 135. I got to tell you, I'm, we're talking here off air, Andy and I, and you see, it looks like what for the next game tomorrow night, Minnesota's even more bang for your buck. I'm not sure Pacioretty's playing again. So, boy, that one that one's different. Um, yeah, so so I mean, all that stuff is, is applicable. Let's let's squeeze in some football stuff here before we get to Jason. Um, this is on. Where do we get these from, Jason? Was this a uh, there's a couple more teams with snaps, first snaps in the National Football League. We had talked about the Patriots. We had talked about the Niners. We had talked about the Bears. A couple more teams are up. Uh, the Saints and the Broncos, specifically, here, that's NBA, the Saints particularly with, uh, with that. Uh, who will get the first snap of the year for the Saints? Will it be Jameis Winston? Will it be Taysom Hill? Jameis Winston at minus 200, Taysom Hill at plus 145. By the way, the great Ian Book from Notre Dame at 33 to 1. This is unbettable, as we talked about on primetime action last week. This is courtesy of DraftKings. This is just, you have no idea what's going to happen here from a Sean Payton perspective. First of all, who he'll name the starter. But secondly, even when he names a starter, what if he names the starter as Jameis Winston? He could just do a Taysom Hill gadget play from the beginning. Or they return the kick all the way to the four-yard line, and then it's clearly going to be a Taysom Hill snap. Just, I would stay away from this one entirely. 
Winston minus 200, Taysom Hill plus 145. The Denver Broncos' first snap, who will take the first snap for the Broncos in the upcoming NFL season, is available as well. This surprised me a little. Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke are both at the same price, plus 145. Any other comes in at plus 220, and poor Brett Rippon behind any other at 16-1. to Brett Rippon, the pride and joy of Boise State University, and, of course, the nephew of Super Bowl MVP Mark Rippon. I think the bet there has to be Bridgewater at plus 145, right? There's no way he should be the same exact price as Drew Locke. So Bridgewater would be my play at plus 145 there, if I were betting it, that one courtesy of FanDuel. And then the last NFL one we saw was the best regular season record, worst regular season record, best regular season record, the Chiefs at plus 450. I'm sorry, but that's appropriately priced. I wouldn't bet any other team. As long as Patrick Mahomes is playing quarterback for the Chiefs, that's got to be the price. Super Bowl champion Buccaneers are 6-1. to one. Everybody else double digits, led by the Bills at 10-1. to one. It's Chiefs are nothing for me there. By the way, Gil Alexander, a numbers game at VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network, VEASAN.com, the VEASAN app, Fubo Sling and Game Plus. And then the worst regular season record in the NFL, just closing these out, it's got to be the Texans' money. Yep, plus 250. And listen, as we went as we went over last week with the 17-0 and the 0-17 props over at DraftKings, there's no team I would bet to go 17-0. Yes, I would probably bet the Chiefs for the best record, but there's definitely not going to be a 17-0. Will there be an 0-17? It's almost impossible. It won't be the Lions. It won't be the Jets. But could it be the Texans? It actually could. Again, there's probably only three possible wins on that schedule. Two against the Jags, including opening day at home, and then one against the Jets. That opening game might be their best shot. But plus 250 on the Texans could be the only play you can make on that one. Let's talk a little baseball. Let's bring in Jason Weingarten, everybody, at Spreadopedia on Twitter from under a cloud of smoke somewhere in Southern California. Good morning to you, Jason. Good morning. How's it going? I'm doing very well. How are you? You good? Pretty good. Let me ask you, let me ask you first about a couple horrific beats this weekend, and they're both at Coors Field, and I just want to bring it up as a reminder to those, when you bet at Coors, well, first of all, when you bet in-game unders this year, always proceed with caution. When you do so at Coors, really proceed with caution. Uh, Saturday, uh, and I think the, the uh, total on this one was either 10, 10 and a half, or 11, but Saturday night, uh, the Reds beat the Rockies 6-5. to five. Uh, It was, it was, uh, Two to two headed into uh, extras. The Reds scored two in the 11th. The Rockies matched them with two in the 11th. Then the Reds scored two in the 12th. And then the Rockies scored one in the 12th, six to five. That was brutal enough. And then last night, uh, seven to six Reds. This one, the Reds scored four in the eighth, two in the ninth. And that one went over. That one went over for everybody because the pregame total was 11, seven to six. I mean, first of all, the the extra inning one. Is there another mechanism in sports, Jason, that more goes that that more offends your handicap than that? I should say. No, it's uh, it kills it kills your under if you you know four runs, three runs, whatever you got goes to overtime or it goes to extra innings. Your your under's toast. It just, it just feels like you can you can uh, you know crunch your numbers blue in the face and then baseball has this trick thing at the end, which just destroys that in, in a in an almost comical way. I'm not sure there, there's anything else in other sports 
that is, is similar to that. Um, NL MVP. Let's, a lot of this is going to be focused on the Dodgers by accident, not by design. But they're the team that has made the most moves here. One of them has to do with, of course, uh, a ball hitting Corey Seager in the hand and breaking his hand. He's going to be out for some weeks. You have NL MVP tickets on him, as do I. It's time for a pivot, I think. Who might you pivot to? Yeah, it's, uh, it's unfortunate. Broken hand means... Uh... He's probably likely out of the MVP race, and you know you can't miss a month and really conceivably compete with other MVPs. Um, you know, I, I looked at the board. I told you last night my my first pivot would be Nolan Arenado, I guess. Um, just just because I I really like does Chris Bryant sixteen to one really excite you? It doesn't excite no. me. Nope. Um, Degrom eight and a half to one doesn't nope. excite me. You know, Juan Soto, a double double digits. You can get ten to one, twelve to one. That's not bad. I mean, nope. he's he's basically you know Mike Trout. But there, you know, you say nope. You're like too too short. You know, not not making money that way. Um, so I mean, I'm I'm basically open for suggestions if somebody else has some sort of uh, some sort of strong reason why I should. Uh, look at somebody then then i'm gonna have to to really listen to everybody else because all i see on the board is ronald acuna and you know if he goes anywhere near the numbers he's projected i don't know who's gonna beat him well speaking of ronald ronald acuna uh let's look at the home run leaderboard by the way it's not often jason comes on the show and says i'm taking suggestions (laughs) uh home run race every time you look up it's like acuna is just jacking one and here's the thing. I was mentioning, and not last year because it was the pandemic year, but the year before 2019, I used to watch a lot of baseball over at the Aria Sportsbook. And I used to say every night the best player on the screens was Ronald Acuna Jr. He's got 12. Shohei with a dramatic 12th homer, uh, taking the Angels from a 5-4 deficit to a 6-5 lead and eventually a 6-5 win with the Angels down to their final out. If that's not MVP stuff, I don't know what is. Both of they, both of those two guys have twelve. Aaron Judge with two dingers against uh, against the uh, the Orioles. Was it the Orioles? Uh, he's got twelve now. Haniger for the Mariners. What a season he's having. He's got twelve. And then you got a bunch of guys with eleven. Devers, Ramirez, Freeman, usual suspects, right? Vladimir Guerrero Jr. And then Castellanos at ten. By the way, maybe an MVP pivot there, perhaps. Chris Bryant at ten, and our guy Adalis Garcia with JD Martinez at ten. That is an unbelievable home run leaderboard. And if you were handicapping that, I mean, could you even? No, I mean, and that's not even looking at all the guys at nine: the right. Nelson Cruz, Stanton, Arenado. You know, the list just—it's—it's it's like a packed golf leaderboard, basically from from 12 to eight or whatever. I mean, even if you, you go down to seven, eight, there's a lot of names down the list that, you know, Mike Trout today, what, what number, you know, you're going to get 10, 15 to one on Mike Trout. You're not going to take that when he has a, you know, j- just a, a small disadvantage over the leaders or I bet Jordan Alvarez 50 to one. I think he's going to jump up the leaderboard. I, I love this home run market, by the way, I look at it every day. Um, just because I find it so interesting, and there's so many guys and so many numbers. Mitch Haniger this week, he was fifty to one. <laughs> I think incredible. the Westgate took took enough took enough money to drop him to uh, like eighteen to one or something. 
Um, he's tied for the lead. Yeah, Hanniger's absolutely one of these things is not like the other. He's the guy on the board where you're like, whoa, Mitch Hanniger's on here. Uh, before we get, well, to, you know, yeah, you know ahead. what I what I like for for home runs, and you know, obviously you're you're fading Judge and Acuna and Freeman and Jose Ramirez, who are like you know best players in baseball status. But my thing is, I always look for guys batting first, second, third on bad teams because they're going to get the most at bats. They likely don't have protection around them. Mm-hmm. They're not getting pitched around. You know, so I'm I'm happy with Mitch Hanniger. He's batting first. He's batting second every day. He's going to get tons and tons of at bats. He'll have he'll have opportunities. I was happy to take that fifty to one. Um, he has been. Oh, I just admitted that was me that took him. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've. I think you and I have done that before on this segment many times. Yeah. No. Uh, okay. Uh, let's go more back to the Dodgers for a second, if we could, before we get to any plays that you might have today. Uh, the Dodgers were not only in the news for the Seager injury, but they signed Albert Pujols. A, can you make, I mean, do you think that's an a, a an interesting signing? Does it perplex you or does it make sense to you? And then two, I think you, or B, I should say, if I'm continuing with the letters, uh, I think you thought there was a more interesting signing that the Dodgers made this week. Oh, yeah. So, uh, Pujols. Surprising to me just because I'm surprised that anybody really took a chance on him. Um, in retrospect, I, you know, after the fact, I'm I'm not surprised the Dodgers did it. I'm not surprised they were able to link up. You know, uh, I've I've seen that in the past with other players on the Angels. I remember a similar thing happened to Bobby Abreu when he got cut by the Angels, and they basically paid him to go play for the Dodgers, and he didn't have to move. He didn't have to leave his family and rearrange stuff in the middle of the season. And I think sometimes, especially with veteran players, we don't uh, we don't realize that you know, like Pools probably was just happy to not have to move and you know live out of a hotel for a couple months, and he gets to commute to the Dodgers from Orange County or wherever he lives. So it's it's a good match in that sense. I'm not surprised. And uh, maybe maybe the Dodgers will fix him, and he has something in him, and it'll. You know, have a nice little last last chapter to his his career, but you know, it basically doesn't cost anything. And you know, if he does good, he'll make they'll make the money back in jersey sales and merchandise pretty quickly. Um, but I liked uh, Yoshi Satsugo from uh, from the Rays. I, I liked him when he was a free agent. I liked him. I watched him in the WBC. I actually bet him to win Rookie of the Year last year. He didn't do anything. So uh, if the Dodgers see something in him, that sort of reaffirms that I saw something in him. And whatever his problems were, I definitely think they're fixable because the player I saw in Japan did not look like the player I saw in uh, in Tampa Bay last year. I remember him from the postseason. Uh, Dodgers very quiet pickup a pickup of Tetsugo. Um, and last thing, because I just have to ask this for my Giants peeps out there. But the Giants uh, in the National League West just keep getting it done. Now, they did lose two bad ones uh, to the Pirates this weekend before winning yesterday. Um, I'll ask you what I've always asked you about the Giants. How sustainable is this? Uh, it's it's interesting. I was watching their AAA team this weekend. I saw Scott Kazmir was one of their pitchers. Is that his name? Hasn't pitched in a while, yes. Scott Kazmir. Mm-hmm. Yes, he, they have some interesting names in AAA. Um, it has nothing to do with how they're doing. But uh, Alex Wood, uh, Gosman, both both really really pitching well. 
Uh, one of my friends was trying to convince me I need some Gosman Cy Young futures. <laughs> yeah. I, was, I was like, thanks, but no thanks. No, thank you. for you if you'd like. <laughs> um, you know, it's it's a race for second there with DeGrom still. Uh, but no, I, I mean, it's good. They're a good team. Could they make the playoff? Probably. Are they going to hang with the Dodgers? I don't know, but. Dodgers are pretty injured right now. And the, the thing is, I, 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 people have been asking me all weekend, they're like, oh, man, this is a bad Dodgers team. Look at all these injuries. I'm just like, well, it's not really an excuse. I mean, right. every team has injuries. Every team gets hurt. It's, yeah. it's a long season. You know, it's, it's not an excuse to, to blame your, your struggles on the, all your best players got injured. That's, that's, everyone has that problem. Um, I do think I, I think Dodgers still run away with the division, though. I do too. It's a matter of time. I do too. I just want to point out: Brandon Crawford nine homers, Buster Posey eight, Brandon Belt eight. Party like it's twenty twelve. Even... It doesn't mean you're not going to see them in the playoffs, though. You yeah. might totally might see them as a wild card team. All right, so we only have uh, you know while the NHL playoffs are going on and the NBA's in play in fever, and I was betting tennis, people are betting golf, baseball moseys along. We got nine games today, including some interesting pitching matchups: Gray at Darvish, Colorado at San Diego. Obviously, the Padres a better uh, baseball team, but an interesting pitching matchup nonetheless. What about Arizona and the Dodgers? You know, I just brought up the Giants. The great giant, Madison Bumgarner, who now pitches for the Diamondbacks. Let me just say this. You were 100% right. When Bumgarner was having all those problems early on the year, I asked you, like, is this the end of Mad Bum? And you were like, no, not at all. And he has been lights out since, uh, including a seven-inning no-no. But it just his ERA has been spectacular. Arizona, a plus-190 dog at the Dodgers. Do you have a play on either of those two NL West games? I do not. I do not have plays on those games. I do. Or, uh, no, neither one of those. I do have a play on the Giants, though, today. You might like that. Um, I think Giants, uh, Giants money line is still good. It's come down a little bit overnight, but uh, I'm not a big Reds fan this year, especially get that little Coors hangover after a no day off after a long weekend series there. Um, then the other game, sort of a uh, – what what price would I need you or what I need to give you to to consider the Rangers over Yankees and Garrett Cole today? Ooh. Well, you know what? Uh, it's a you would get me to consider it at the price that it's at right now, actually. Plus two forty. Yeah. Yeah. Two forty. If if you can get two forty five, that'd probably be even better. Um but that's uh that's gonna be my Bet this game and don't watch it and don't check your phone for three hours. <laughs> game of the day. Yeah. What was that? I was. What was that? I, you were. Uh, you were betting on something and I told you it was going well. You're like, I can't watch. Oh, you deserve a congratulations. So by the way, again, just to repeat, Jason is on the Giants today. That's a 3:40 Pacific, 6:40 Eastern start. Be aware that's an early start at the Great American Small Park in Cincinnati. Webb against Gray. Giants about plus 120, and then the uh, the Rangers which is at 8.05 Eastern, Lyles hosting Garrett Cole and the Yankees, plus 240-ish right now. Uh, as Jason said, if you can get even better than that, all the better. Uh, the game that he will uh, bet on and not watch and not follow so that he doesn't have to live through it. But uh, congratulations, you had, a, you had a golf futures hit this weekend, didn't you? I did. I was uh, KH Lee, and it was the uh, it was even better. So sometimes is something I think a lot of the listeners probably understand. The ones who bet more, um, you know, a lot of times making money is is the best feeling. But if you've gambled long enough, you know the real best feeling is when you're down a lot of money, 
and it's Sunday and you win a golf future and it clears <laughs> your whole balance for the week. Yes. We've all been there, Jason. I would I would substitute uh, tennis for golf, but yes, same thing applies. That is we've all been there. So funny. So that's what Cage Lee did for you? He he saved my week. It was basically like, you know, everyone has has a little bit of a, a slump and I I the, the week before it'd been worse. Um this week was a little better, still a little choppy, but uh, you know, when you're trending down, sometimes you really need, you know, a nice a nice future to come through to to reset everything. And you know, anyone who's been gambling enough knows that feeling when you have a future come through on a Sunday and it helps you go to sleep and not not wake up to a whole bunch of when are you going to meet me in the the CVS parking lot with an envelope text? So, <laughs> if you've bet long enough. We've all been there. Jason Weingart, everybody. So, again, the Giants and the Rangers. Those were the only two picks? Those are the two? Those are the only two picks. That's all I got today. I'm going to go enjoy brunch with my girlfriend because I don't owe anybody money this week. <laughs> okay. Enjoy that. Tell her I said hello. Jason Weingart, everybody, from under a cloud of smoke in Southern California, as honest and as transparent as it gets. Thank you, Jason. Appreciate it. Uh, two baseball picks from him to go along with uh, Andy's uh, two hockey plays, Boston and uh, Carolina, which he confirmed to me he has put a small wager on already. We'll come back. NBA with Adam Stanko. Does he agree with me about the Bucks misplaying this? And who might he take in these play-in games? It's next. It's the Numbers Game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network. A numbers game with Gil Alexander. I should probably point out that Jason's golf bet, KH Lee, uh, winning the Byron Nelson this past weekend. It's PGA Week. We'll talk golf all week long uh, with Brady and others. Uh, the second major of the year in golf coming up this week um, from South Carolina. Uh, real quick, John Ewing over at MGM pointing out some NBA numbers for us uh, from the shop that is Bet MGM. Um, just putting all of this in perspective on the uh, in terms of uh, what their ticket count is and their and their handle percentages. NBA championship betting at BetMGM line moves. Uh, the Nets back in the day they opened at nine to one to win it all. They're now plus two twenty five. Sixers open at twenty five to one. They're now at plus seven fifty. Highest ticket percentage. This is throughout the entire betting arc of this at, at BetMGM. Uh, Nets with nineteen percent. They have the most. Tickets, they're the highest ticket percentage. Lakers and Nuggets following them. Highest handle percentage, no surprise. Nets and Lakers on top there as well. And the biggest liability, it follows Lakers, Nets, and Hawks. Thank you, John Ewing, for that. Uh, let us bring him in from the Rejecting the Screen podcast at Naismith Lives. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Adam Stanko. How you doing, Adam? I'm good, Gil. It's uh, nice to be back. It's not my dad you're talking to. You actually get me in person. It's yeah. Great. You know what's funny, Gil? I got to tell you, it's funny because when he's done hits with you, it's great. You get a you get a taste of what I'm used to. You say, "Hey, uh, hey, Ed Stenko, let me ask you about this." And he goes, "No, I'm going to talk about that." Oh, no, the, the, the best is I was like, "I got two minutes here, uh, Mr. Stenko." So could you? And he just rolls with it. You know what though? You you have to respect you have to respect your uh, your elders, and you just let him go. And he got his points across, and uh, he's fabulous. So I appreciate him. Uh, two generations of Stenkos on this show. There you go. 
There you go. Well, I appreciate he's done a, he's done a great job. He's so fabulous. He's outstanding. We'll have him again uh, before the Belmont. Um, okay, so I, I said this earlier. I feel as though the Clippers played this perfectly to avoid the Lakers in both rounds in one two, in rounds one and two. Uh, they did so by losing to the Rockets, and then late last night they had this horrible lineup in. They made sure that their chances of beating Oklahoma City were minimized. They didn't beat OKC, so it's perfect. But the Bucks, Adam, they beat Miami on Saturday night when they absolutely, in my opinion, should not have, um, because it ensured basically that they would get the Heat in the first round. Now maybe they feel confident, maybe they feel super arrogant about it. But I'll say this, man, and I'm curious if you agree. If the Heat beat the Bucks in the first round, all those guys should lose their jobs in Milwaukee. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, they might anyway, just because not even because of that scenario, but because of the playoff history uh, in, in Milwaukee. And, and Gil, you know, it's interesting that you talk about this because I've talked to NBA executives who have discussed exactly this point. People think that that's not legitimate, that teams don't jockey for position late in the season. It is absolutely something that of course your it analytics is. department looks at. Yeah, but but it's but it's and it's and it's organization wide. Your analytics department looks at it. Um, the coaching staff gets involved. Everyone sort of says, "Hey, who would you guys like to match up with? What makes the most sense?" And then you sort of game plan it. Now, some teams won't lose on purpose because they think it creeps into mentality. And certainly this year with the playing scenario. But I will tell you that this Bucks thing is is super weird, especially because of the matchup last year. And uh, being embarrassed as they were coming out of the bubble, so I, I I agree with you, Gil. It is it would be awful for the Bucks to lose this, and then of course even if they win, now you've got to face you know the Nets in in round two, which could be a disaster as well. So really um, unfavorable matchup to say the least. For yeah. Milwaukee. Well, they couldn't avoid the Nets in round in round two. That's for sure. Sure. Um, but but your again, we just want to reiterate, it is not the players on the court. Again, no one is suggesting that the players on the court are tanking. It's just the manipulation of roster, who's available, who's on the court at crunch time, Absolutely. so on and so forth. So we have the play-in situation in the Eastern Conference tomorrow. We're going to have to go to break here in a minute. But it's Charlotte, Indiana in the 10-9, Washington, Boston in the 8-7. Uh, Indiana's a three-point home favorite. Washington right now is a one-point road dog. Uh, Boston a one-point home favorite. So... So Indiana by three, Boston by one. Who do you like in those? Well, I really like Indiana. I mean, you talk about a Hornets team that's just lacking experience. So that that um, I'd be obviously worried about. Plus, just actually not a good run down the stretch for the Hornets as well. Obviously, getting ball back was was huge late, late in the season. It'll be really interesting to see. It's almost like NCAA tournament field, doesn't it? Yeah. Where we have to see how... The, the freshmen are playing in a way, and it's sort of the same thing. How are they going to perform on the big stage? Uh, and then as far as the Wizards go, because of their pace and because, you know, it's that it, that Beal-Westbrook combination now with a healthy team and Rui's back, I, I actually think the Wizards beat the Celtics, and, and especially with their pace, I think the Wizards pose a really interesting matchup, the experience of that backcourt. So I really like the Pacers and the Wizards both to not just win, but, you know, obviously, and, and, uh, well, I mean, yeah. will cover and, and Wizards win outright. So uh, winner of the 7-8 again, Washington-Boston becomes the seventh seed. The winner of the Charlotte-Indiana game will play the loser of the Washington-Boston game. We'll get Adam's thoughts on the Western Conference version of that on Wednesday night and get his thoughts on these series that have already been determined. Coming back on a numbers game at VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network.
Welcome back to A Numbers Game with Gil Alexander. We have a new feature on VEASAN.com. Every day we're posting the latest betting splits on every game in the major sports with current odds and what percentage of bets and money are being placed on each game. Check this info daily to find out which games are seeing the most tickets written and if that matches the money coming in on those games to help you find a betting edge. And, of course, we have all the odds, data, and analysis for every game as well. Start your next sports bet at VEASAN.com. It's Gil Alexander, the... uh, NBA Hall of Fame class of 2021 was announced. 16 honorees, including uh, the headliners Paul Pierce, Chris Bosh, um, Chris Weber, and Ben Wallace. Adam Stanko is here. Adam, did you ever watch Ben Wallace's career and say to yourself, now there's a Hall of Famer? I mean, great, uh, great player out of Virginia Union. What he did was unbelievable. But Hall of Fame? Really? Yeah, I'm, I was kind of stunned. I, you know, and that was the thing that that Pistons team you thought of is more of a collective than in a group of individual yeah. talent. But the one thing I'll say is, you you rack up a bunch of Defensive Player of the Year awards. He had like a five year stretch. It was four All Star appearances, three Defensive Player of the Year awards, um, and uh, that puts you there in the conversation, I guess. Gil, a couple All NBA selections, but. It's fascinating. I'll tell you this. This Robert Ori talk about the Hall of Fame is a joke, though. Oh, I know. Zero right? The whole all-star appearance. Yeah. Zero all-star appearances. Didn't even have one season in which you could argue he got snubbed. So, yeah. I don't know. But Adam, he's got a nickname. Big Shot Bob. Big Shot Rob. He has a great nickname. And great teammate, great player, right. but not a Hall of Fame. I'll tell you who I love. Bobby Dandridge from the Veterans Committee. For those of you who grew up in the uh, the DMV, Bobby D is in the Hall of Absolutely. Fame. I love that. All right, Western Conference play-ins. The 10-7 is San Antonio and Memphis on Wednesday. Again, the Eastern Conference is tomorrow night. San Antonio and Memphis precedes Golden State and the Lakers. Wow, what a 7-8. Uh, Memphis is a 3.5-point home favorite against San Antonio, and the Lakers 4.5-point favorites against NBA scoring champion and greatest shooter any of us have ever seen in life, Steph Curry. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, I'll, I'll say this. The, the Spurs-Grizzlies, before we get even get into the, the Lakers and, and, and Warriors, Spurs-Grizzlies really enticing to me. I mean, you think about what Popovich has done with this team, and it's really remarkable. There's sort of this youth movement now in San Antonio. They look entirely different than they did a few years ago. This team is usually known for how many passes they make. They're one of the, they're near the bottom of the league in passes per possession. It's, it's incredible how these guys break their, their um, opponents down off the dribble. You got Lonnie Walker and Devin Vassell. It's like, it's a very interesting uh, roster. And then you've got the Grizzlies who find themselves healthy at this point in the year. They're a team that scores near the basket. I mean, their post points is they rack up a ton of them. Uh, between Valanchunas and now Jaron Jackson is healthy, plus, of course, John Morant. I'm fascinated to see, again, it, it has this NCAA tournament feel to it. Uh, for me, I, I like the Grizzlies in, in that matchup, uh, just because what I think John Morant's going to be able to do, especially as we get maybe later in, in the game. And then, of course, when you talk Warriors, Lakers, I mean, this thing could go either way. Both these teams understand what's at stake. Um, interesting year. I mean, the Lakers obviously went through a really bad stretch where they just kept falling off. Uh, with LeBron's injury and other injuries they were dealing with. But you look late in the season, the Lakers and the Warriors both winning a handful of games to close out. They knew what was at stake here. And now you've got, I think it's gamesmanship with LeBron hyping up Steph Curry's MVP chances and and saying that he's deserving. I think that's a little, hey, I'm going to soften you up before we play you. Uh, There's a great rivalry there between LeBron and and the Warriors franchise. And I'm excited to see that one. I'm, I'm almost... I'm baffled. I do not know which direction I would go. I never want to bet against LeBron, 
especially in a situation like this where all everything's on the line. You know, it, it feels like Space Jam 3, if you will. But at the same time, for the Warriors, I, I don't know. It's 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 Steph Curry. How can you go against Steph Curry this year? So, I, I don't know, Gil. I, I honestly still don't know where I'm leaning with that one. How about you? I Listen, I, I don't know where I'm leaning other than I would love to see the Lakers have to face an elimination game. I would love to yes. see the Warriors. I would love to see Steph go, go for 50 and the Warriors win that, get the seventh seed, and then see the Lakers have to... Uh, you know, flail in in a uh, elimination game, but we shall see. Uh, let's talk about the uh, the four series that have already been uh, determined. We don't have series prices for this, but I'd love thirty seconds on each of these. One, let's go to the Eastern Conference. It's the first one we already talked about. Three six Milwaukee uh, with the home court advantage over in home court, of course, in quotes in this uh, pandemic situation. Uh, Milwaukee and Miami, the three six. Who do you like there? I actually really like Milwaukee. I mean, we, we talked all about, you know, last season's letdowns and stuff. I know your producer's not thrilled with it, but I will say this, that uh, adding Drew Holiday was huge, and it was basically for what they'd be able to do in the playoffs. They were missing that piece on the perimeter last year. They also were too deep last year. I think now they've had shorter rotation this year. They understand who they are. They've flown under the radar. The pressure's been off. I really like the attitude from this Bucks team, so I like the Bucks against the Heat in that series. All right, this one's fascinating. The 4-5 in the East, the Knicks and the Hawks. I mean, Tom Thibodeau and the Knicks ending up with the fourth seed is just incredible. But the Hawks are an offensive juggernaut. Um, does this, first of all, does it go seven? Who do you like mm-hmm. in this series? Well, I... I really like the Hawks, actually. Uh, you know, ever since they got Bogdanovich back, they got Gallinari back late in the year. This Hawks team is actually outstanding. They are what we thought they could potentially be. They added a whole bunch of pieces in the offseason uh, for a playoff run, and now they have that ability. And everyone's talked about the Knicks, and that's really going to be the fan favorite for obvious reasons. Hey, when the Knicks are good, it's great for the NBA, as as my buddy and former co-host, well, Noah Kozlov says, <laughs> Knicks fans aren't necessarily good for the NBA. I, I like the Hawks in this series. The Knicks, of course, uh, swept the Hawks uh, during the regular season three to nothing. That is why they are, in fact, the fourth seed and the Hawks are the fifth. Western Conference, again, only 30 seconds for each of these. Of the two sure. series that are determined, again, no series odds quite yet available. But the, uh, the three six ends up being the Nuggets and the Blazers. Blazers. Oh, I love the Blazers. Yeah, I, I think the Blazers could upset the Nuggets. Obviously, Jokic has had a wonderful year, and you look at Michael Porter and uh, what he's been able to do, and, and other guys have found ways to, to step up for this Nuggets team. But I'm with you. I mean, Damian Lillard, first-round playoff series, I he'd be a tough guy to bet against, especially with the Jamal Murray injury. This is an opportunity for the Blazers, and I think Lillard and is, is going to want to jump on this. So I'm with you on the Blazers. And then the other one, Clippers and, and Mavs, I think is is fascinating to me. The Clippers asked for this. A lot of people are saying, could that hurt them? That psychological impact? I don't think so. I think the Clippers have been waiting all year long for another shot, obviously, at the playoffs, and they're going to take big-time advantage against the Mavericks. I really like the Clippers in that one. I think what the Clippers did was brilliant. Set themselves up perfectly to avoid the Lakers, not only in the first round, but also in the second round. Uh, they did that actively. It wasn't just by circumstance. So it's the Mavs uh, and the Clippers, the winner of which will get the Jazz in the second round. Um, so that will be uh, a fascinating second round series. We'll get there when the time comes. Adam, appreciate it as always, man. Thank you. Hey, you're the best, Gil. Thanks, man. Adam Stanko. 
at Naismith Lives. Love that Twitter handle. We got some great Twitter handles on the show. Naismith Lives for him. Peter Fornetel on, on horse racing looms boldly. It's a great horse racing call. We'll come back. Amal Shaw from the Nuts here on VSIN talking about Survivor. He's got it all figured out. Or does he? We'll find out next. VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. A numbers game with Gil Alexander. Bet on hockey and basketball playoffs with a risk-free first wager up to $600 at BetMGM. Just sign up and use bonus code VSIN600 and get in the ring with the king of sportsbooks so that you can turn game time into showtime. Just download the app or go to BetMGM.com and use promo code VSIN600 to make a risk-free bet up to $600. New customer offer paid in free bets. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Colorado, Indiana, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia only. Excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, Nevada, and Virginia. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. In Tennessee, call or text the red line at 800-889-9789. In Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. We were talking about uh, Tweaky from... uh, Buck Rogers in the 25th century, how we go beady, 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 and then he'd say some, uh, you know, comment, he, then he'd have some joke, and then he'd, like, walk off the stage. Uh, you seen the Celine Dion promos for, uh, he's, <laughs> Jason's already shaking his head. What's this deal where she does this thing with her hands? Like, what if I promote a numbers game like that? Like, Gil Alexander, a numbers game. With my, trying to vote My or arms something. like that, yeah. <laughs> it's ridiculous. All right. How is that okay? Uh, we got tweets at Beating the Book. Always appreciate the feedback. This is from, uh, let's see here. Do, 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 do. John Parker, can you repeat the five tennis plays? Thank you, sir. It's actually four pending because uh, Christian Guerin pulled out of the uh, Geneva Open. Uh, the players you need to uh, know about are Osorio Serrano, Pera, Buks, uh, Busca, and Kanja. Osorio Serrano, Pera, on the screen here, Busca, and Kanja. Two of those are favorites. Two of those are dogs. Busca being a long shot dog against Danka Kovinic. But those are the four. Uh, this is from Owen. Owen 3131 Because apparently all the other Owens were taken. Great show as always and guests. Go tennis. Thank you. Go tennis. Inferior Bowl. As you always say, sometimes players are on the right side of bad beats. I had the over 11 on the Rockies game Saturday night. Lucked out for a push. Yeah, for every bad beat, there's someone on the other end. Just butt lucky. And finally, Ryan Thompson, uh, extra inning rule to unders equals college football overtime. To overs, I guess he means. Yep. Or to unders, same same situation. Yes, that would be the comp. You are correct. Uh, let's bring in this gentleman, a rare numbers game appearance. It's been a long time since he's been on. Happy to have him on. He is the co-host of The Nuts that he does with Mike Palm every day, and Lord knows how he endures that every day, Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. It's Amal Shaw, everybody. How you doing, Amal? I'm doing well, thanks. I thought you were about to say long-time listener, first-time caller. Oh, no, 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 never. Amal, I, the reason I wanted to have you on here is because you, like me, got very far in Survivor last year. You, like me, we both had it planned out perfectly right down the stretch. And then both of us got knocked out through no fault of our own. But 
the fascinating thing about you last year is that you were like, I planned this stuff out on like an airplane napkin. I'm, I'm not sure if that was accurate. But basically you did it in like 30 minutes. Is that accurate that, that you did it that quickly? Well, about two hours, two hours and 20 minutes, that's a flying time from Dallas to Vegas. But, you know, Gil, to your point, I, you, it was no fault of your own. In my case, it was a fault of my own because I had already chosen to take Tennessee that weekend, and I flipped to the Steelers against the Bengals because I just think Ryan Finley, uh, you know, he's fortunate enough to legally steal money for a living, didn't <laughs> think he'd be able to beat the Steelers at home on Monday night football. So uh, that one was on me. Uh, look, Gil, I don't think this is rocket science. I don't know why people are trying to act like we're trying to split the atom here. You take a look at the three to four worst teams in the National Football League, and you fade them. That's all it is. This is nothing new. What I did was, and, and I do this a lot of times when I travel, I'll screenshot a lot of stuff, and I'll go through it. I screenshot the entire schedule for the National Football League. I had three to four teams in mind that I was going to go up against every week. I just go through and I just have a list of teams, all 32 teams listed, and just quickly scratch out which ones have been utilized in week one, two, three, whatever. And then I have also, I put down, you have your primary choice in a week, then you have a secondary and a third choice. That, that's all it is. If you're spending more time than that, Based on the ROI, you're probably putting too much time into it. <laughs> well, I agree with you from, from the beginning. I mean, to me, it was not like a, a – first of all, you're right. It's not splitting the atom. There was definitely last year, though, I think as the season went on. And, and was you, were you fading the Jets like I was? Was that your linchpin last year? Well, the Jets, the Jaguars were two of the teams. I thought Cincinnati was going to be very bad. Uh, just to me, there's a collective of about four to five teams, and it's pretty easy. You look at the top of the leaderboard in terms of the draft teams that you see. Now, I think Jacksonville this year will be a little bit better simply because Urban's going to run the football more than people realize. Um, but you look at some of these teams and you say, hey, which teams did you think were bad? I think the Jets were a perfect example of that. So many situations. I think this was a bad football team. So you're trying to find teams that you think are bad. And oh, I have two rules of thumb. Try to stay away from teams on the road regardless. I mean, look, every sport, teams at home do better than they generally do on the road. And then the other things you try to, and this is what got me, I went against two of my rules. One was try not to take division games unless necessary. I'm willing to take division matchups in certain spots, but I prefer not to do that. And that's why so many people got beaten week one. They took Indianapolis on the road at Jacksonville. Though, though you would admit that the whole road thing last year, because I agree with you, on a, on a typical survivor year, I don't want to play road teams. But last year with no crowds, was it as big a deal to you? It, it still was. When you go back and look at it, think about in the postseason, teams at home, teams at, uh, throughout the course of the regular season, look at their records. Teams still at home had a winning record compared to teams on the road. Now, there's a lot of reasons you can classify that as the case. I still think there's some value in it. We saw it in college basketball. You know, somebody told me, they said, don't give away all the information. If you look in college hoops, people say there's no crowd. I said, then why are teams at home still shooting eight to ten more free throws? That, that, by the way, was a fascinating quirk. I agree with you. that It's like without the crowd, because we always assumed it because the crowd was right on the refs, and yet it's, it's still maintained to some degree. I, yeah, it was fascinating. So, so for this year... I, I'll you, oh, yeah, go ahead, Emily. Go ahead, go, No, no, you go. Go ahead. No, I was just going to throw in real quick. You know, Kansas never loses at home by 25 to Texas in college hoops if there's a crowd. And I think you make a valid point in the sense that it did have a little bit of an impact. I, I just still feel like there's a mental edge that officials give teams being at home. Okay, so for this year, and we're talking to Amal Shaw from the Nuts, which he uh, co-hosts with uh, Mike Palm. Of course, I was kidding when I said about uh, him enduring Mike on Monday through Friday. It's 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, Monday through Friday here on VEASAN. 
Um, how long did it take you? You you have mapped out your whole season, and I'm, the, the very first question has to be, and I'm already seeing the answer to it, but I'll let you go through it because we're going to throw this up on the screen. How many times did you play against the Texans this year, and was that the linchpin uh, from which all of this came? Well, absolutely. To me, look, uh, uh, Zeke Elliott got a six-game suspension. I think Deshaun Watson's potentially looking at being out for the year. I don't know if it's going to happen or not, but we're still months away. But that was the thing. I think the Houston Texans are going to be historically bad. I don't know if they chase the Lions and the Browns, but I think they're going to be right there. Maybe they win a game. At max, they win two games. They have the Jets at home, I think, in week 11 or 12. But absolutely. Gil, I did it all during commercial breaks of the show. <laughs> I love that. It's, but you're right. It's true. It's like it's not that ridiculously hard to do, right? It gets dicey. I mean, look, but let, let, me, let me be honest, though, because people heard me not talk about nothing but Survivor last year. It's not that it's hard to plan, but you do because we are all human, right? Once you get to, like, week 12 and 13, like, even though I have it completely planned out and I was going with my plan no matter what, it's not as if I d- it didn't bat around my brain all day long, though. You would, you would concede that, no? Well, no, there's no question about that. You're absolutely right. But here's how I give you the argument or the counter to that. Whenever somebody tells me they like a game, I said, did you go fire 10 dimes on it? If you did, That's then right. your opinions are irrelevant to me. I because totally you agree. Because you say something until you, until you step up to the counter and actually make the wager, it's irrelevant. I almost lost a friendship with somebody over it. They're like, I like this side. I said, I don't care what you like. You don't bet. So just shut the hell up. Yeah. No, it I'm... doesn't make a difference. And to me, it's the same thing. Until you enter your pick, it's irrelevant. One of the things that I like about planning it out so far in advance, you actually generally, I, I, the only reason I second-guessed myself was I thought Finley was so bad. I thought Stafford playing with Detroit potentially would be a little bit larger pitfall for Tennessee than on, for Pittsburgh against Cincinnati. You don't have to second-guess yourself. You just go with it. And I think the majority of picks that people will make, they're astute enough with the NFL that they have an idea of how the pattern's going to play out. Now, you may have a couple of games that turn into coin flips. Kansas City against Carolina had Kansas City at home. And they were fortunate Joey Sly missed about a 64-yard field goal. And if it lost, it lost. But at certain plays, you make 100 times out of 100. Let's flash up Amal's uh, 17-week uh, schedule here and, and his picks for Survivor once again. First of all, I totally agree with you about that point because so many people will come and give you Survivor advice, and I'm like, are you, are you the guy who went who's alive after 12, 13 weeks, or is that me? I can't remember who it was. Right, because people always know better than you, but totally agree with you on bets. Um, you know, where it's like, uh, who's the guy that's got multiple dimes on this, me or you? But the other thing, the Deshaun Watson point, I want to state it one more time because there's going to be some people inevitably listening to this all who are like, wait a minute, how does he know? I'll say it again. The Ezekiel Elliott six-game suspension probably should not have happened. But because Roger Goodell and the NFL have carte blanche to do whatever they want to do, no matter how something is adjudicated off the field, it was more of a reaction to their poor uh, PR, or the poor press, rather, that they got and justifiably got after both the Josh Brown and, more famously, the Ray Rice domestic violence situations. And so the Ezekiel Elliott thing was probably an overreaction. But the point is is that Goodell and the NFL office have carte blanche to do whatever they want. So no matter what happens to Sean Watson off the field, to the good or bad, but to the good specifically, Roger Goodell can do whatever he wants. So six weeks, eight weeks, full season, we don't know. So here it is. Let's flash up Amal's uh, 17 weeks if we could once again. You'll see a whole bunch of fading of the Texans. There you go. Weeks two, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Uh, The whole first half of that 
is, uh, with the exception of three weeks, that whole left column is all fading the Texans. I love it. Well done, sir. Uh, thank you, and hopefully it turns out better than Destiny's Child's ending does. Yes, that's a very good point as well. Amal Shah with a Destiny's Child remark as well. Thank you, Amal. Really appreciate the time, man, and uh, we'll listen for the nuts, not only today, but of course uh, weekdays, Monday through Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, right here on the network. Thank you, buddy. Thank you, Gil. Amal Shah, everybody, who uh, always has fascinating opinions on multiple subjects, and uh, what I respect the most, he'll fire. He'll fire bets. I like that. Uh, thank you to everybody on the show, not just the mall, but also Adam Stanko, Jason Weingarten, uh, Warren Sharp for being on the show, and, of course, Andy McNeil. Good luck with all your bets, whether it was the baseball ones or the hockey ones or the tennis ones. From all of us here at VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network, the Lombardi line is next. 